Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Billy Munger. And hi, I'm Johnny Herbert. And welcome back to Lift the Lid, the podcast that takes you flat out around the world of Formula One. So, Johnny, we are now going to have a little bit of a debrief on all things Canada, what went on. Yeah. First of all, what did you make of the race? You know, the the top three, the podium. It was pretty uh, a pretty decent top three that we ended up with. Yeah, I I like the whole weekend to be honest. I think the weather did did the right thing. Uh, I can see you haven't got a suntan. No, no suntan. Yeah, Canada was a little bit colder than I thought. <laughs> it was it was lovely here when I was cutting my lawn. I got I was a lovely hearing all sort of, about it. Yeah, so it's it's been quite nice and uh, sitting in my armchair watching it from afar but i think the weather played a massive part uh in the weekend but it Definitely was also yeah and it was also good and we'll discuss this in a minute but it was seeing the skill coming out of uh, a particular driver but i think all the drivers uh as well because that track is such a difficult track when it's dry so you throw a little bit of uh wet weather in and it becomes a different different animal so it was good to see them being challenged but i think Overall, what we saw through qualifying and then to the race was 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 brilliant stuff, I think. Okay, maybe not with Max at the front because he had that well in control. But everything behind, it looked pretty good. Remember that truck? We had a snake, didn't we? Of about sort of eight cars, I think, at one point, which was brilliant to see in the mid in the mid pack battle. Yeah, there was a little bit of a DRS train forming behind, um, I believe it was uh, one of the Hasses, wasn't it? Nico Hulkenberg, I think it was, you know. Yeah. He was uh, a little bit... I guess you could say out of position for their race pace that Hass have got, you know. Then the qualifying, Nico Hulkberg, you know, really delivered when it mattered. You know, unfortunately got that penalty that moved him down to P5. And, uh, yeah, the race pace that the Hass team had on that on the, the Sunday, it just wasn't there. So he was really, you know, the bottleneck in the in the, yeah. Yeah, in the queue, the neck in the bottle. So he, uh, he was struggling, wasn't he? He was. But qualifying was brilliant, wasn't it? To see Nico up there, to see Alex Albon. 
at the top of the time sheets after Q2 was brilliant to see. That was a, but it was a lovely shot. Yeah, pleasant surprise. Pleasant surprise. But it just showed if you're on the track at the right time, anything is possible. But of course, you've got to be ready for that opportunity when it comes your way. And I think Nico for sure, but also Alex as well, you know, took as many risks as they needed to do to be able to achieve what they did, which was brilliant. But Nico was expecting, wasn't he? Even after uh, the penalty that he got, that he was probably going to struggle uh, in the race. And that, unfortunately, sort of was the case. But it doesn't matter because it's still getting those beautiful laps that sometimes you get as drivers together and able to sort of get spring a surprise, which I think we got. Yeah, we definitely did. Should we, uh, should we start, you know, go back to the front of the grid, you know, what went on up at, up at the sharp end? Let's. I mean, not exactly, uh, you know, someone that we've not seen at the front of the grid much this season. It's been, no. I think he's led every lap of the last three races now, Johnny. I mean, yeah, you know, I know, the stats and the records are falling for Max Stappen right now. He's he's just on a, on fire, isn't he? Yeah, totally on fire. You know, to equal 41 races with Ayrton Senna is, you know, is pretty amazing anyway. And he's yeah, young, That's young a hell career. of an achievement, it's isn't it? Well, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's how quickly he's been able to do it. That's the... Yeah. The scary thing about it, Red Bull as well with their hundredth uh, win as well. So there was a, there was a nice story from that point of view. But I, Max for me stood out this weekend because when we had that sort of uh, qualifying sort of wet weather situation that we had, I think he came alive. He really excelled. He was, it was and it was lovely to see the car moving all over the place, but in a controlled manner, and that is where. Uh, there is a wow factor to Max. There always has been, but I think the wow factor is getting getting bigger and bigger. That little wow that I was talking about now has gone up quite a few fonts in size. <laughs> yeah, and it definitely it helps the fact that he's how much he's outperforming his teammate in the same car. I think that's well. again that sort of you know exaggerates how well he's driving because you see Max putting in these special laps. You know, like you say, the car's moving around. He's playing with it on a nice knife edge and, you know, the margin he's got over the rest of the field at the minute is, you know, huge. And then you put into the fact that someone else is driving that exact same car and they can't get in, into Q3 in Sergio Perez. It's just, yeah, uh, yeah it, it definitely just makes you think that, you know, how many people could do what Max is doing in that Red Bull as good as it is. And not many. Uh, and I and I think that's that's something we've seen historically. You know, we we've seen people, you know, including myself when I was teammates with Marcus Schumacher. You know, Michael was was quicker than me, full stop. Um, seen it with uh, Mika Hakkinen, seen it with Nigel Mansell. The list goes on where there is those special ones who are always able to just do something extra special compared to everybody else. But it's not just doing it once or three times in a season. It's doing it every damn time they get in the car. That's the that's the scary thing is is where they they just have this inner belief to a to be able to achieve what they want they do what they want with the car and even during the race with max you know when he went over that curb you know it, it was almost where he sort of laughed where he'd made that mistake i think because he's looking for perfection every yeah. single corner so for him that in that scenario it was just because i think he made the mistake he was annoyed that he that he that he did it, but he thought he'd laugh about it at the same time. But that's <laughs> that's that special side where we've seen it with Max, we've seen it with Lewis. You know, Lewis has done some amazing stuff in Canada as well. Some amazing laps. And then there's that big fonted wow 
that comes into effect as well. So, so, but there are very few, Billy. You're right. If we stuck um, most of that uh, pack of drivers in that car, not all of them would be able to do exactly the same job. There'd only be a few would do that. But we're not going to. Yeah. We're not. We're not going to say who. <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to get into <laughs> yeah the long and the short of that one. That could no. be a long conversation, and we could uh, be chasing our tails yeah. with, with that one. No. Um, Fernando Alonso and Lewis, what you know, obviously you know they started second and third, so they finished where they started, but it wasn't quite that simple, was it? You know, we had a a little bit of a, an overtake at the start of the race, you know, from yep. Lewis getting past Fernando, you know, getting the reaction and the good launch off the line, and then getting into second, and you kind of thought. Fernando will be fuming at that and he was all over the back of Lewis in those first few laps I remember watching you know coming out of I think it was uh, the, the sh- second chicane on the lap yeah you know geez Fernando you see sparks flying off the wall you think he is a man possessed right now he wants that second place back he is fuming in the car you can always feel like the anger and the passion coming through from just watching it and he managed to, you know, get that pass done and take back P2. So there was, you know, a good little battle between those old teammates there, wasn't there? Yeah, well, that, that goes back a fair while <laughs> to yeah, when they were does. teammates at McLaren. So I think he was, you know, he was hungry to sort of get that place back. But it's just amazing the motivation that he's got at the present time where he can actually make those move stick because you remember before the race George and Lewis were basically sort of saying well we can replicate what we did in Barcelona we feel confident the car is good in a race situation better in a race situation um so when he got the jump on Fernando I thought now this is going to be interesting to see what can happen what Lewis can sort of pull out I was talking about when I was watching it and I saw Mm. Lewis getting second I thought okay this is gonna be interesting because he's now near air and he's only got Max Verstappen to chase so how close can he can he match Max Verstappen? But instead, it didn't work out that way, did it? No, not at all. No, and again, of course, that he's, he's seeing there's a Fernando Alonso filling his mirrors as well. So he was he was more under attack, obviously from from behind. He wasn't the attacker, uh, which is probably what he was trying to achieve, obviously with Max in front. But uh, Fernando, a brilliant job. But actually, Lewis and Mercedes, it was a good weekend for them because I think although George uh, had his issue in the race. Um, I think overall, there is a step forward. I think Lewis has alluded to there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. You know, we've got to look towards 2024. And I think that's probably the smart thing to do. I know now they're supposed to be bringing a big upgrade to Silverstone. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting to see when that, that comes into fruition. Toto's talking about they seem to understand a lot more about the car. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope they can make another big jump and at least sort of get on the back wheels. You know, all right, you're not probably going to overtake Max, but if you can just hang on the back of him, that's a positive, positive situation for, for Mercedes. The one thing Mercedes have got as well is if they if they can unlock some potential in that car, at the minute with Checo, you know, faltering like yeah. he is, you know, they get into the situation where you've got two Mercedes because George is right on the heels of Lewis all the time. They're, they're nip and tuck. You know, if they had two Mercedes to battle Max Verstappen, that sure. that might be enough for a bit of strategy to, you know, create an opportunity for one of them. So I think unless Checo can find, you know, the form he showed at the start of the season and start, you know, being Max's wingman, that's where Max could maybe suffer a little bit is, you know, not having the option to to do much with strategy um, if he's fighting against two Mercs, for example. Yeah, Sergio's an interesting one, isn't he? Because I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, he's lost his head. Uh, 
and that's why the performances are down. I, I'm not so sure it's that. I think it is just purely, like we just discussed, like you brought up, the one man is getting the best out of that car, and that's Max. And Sergio can be, can be as quick as Max on his day. But, of course, it's it's a little bit like we saw, bless him, Valtteri Bottas with Lewis. You know, he could be as quick and be quicker than Lewis, but it wasn't very often. And I think with Sergio, we're sort of saying this, seeing the same thing. And that goes back to what I said before. These special ones always get the best out of the car every single race that they go to. And not everybody's able to do that. And I think Sergio's one of those where he's got the raw speed, he's got the talent, but he but it doesn't seem to be available to him at every single Grand Prix, and it needs to be. It's the only way you know, the only way you're ever going to win a world championship is being consistent. Yeah, because it wasn't long ago, was it, Johnny, where we were, you know, off the back of Baku thinking, yeah. you know, there wasn't much in the championship. You know, can Checo, you know, he's come out with fighting tilt. Can he sustain Indeed. this for a season? Can he put in a real challenge? Uh, and next thing you know, he's like more than 50 points behind he's not getting into q3s he's not been on the podium you know in a couple of races now in a car that clearly everyone knows to be the best car on the grid so it does feel like you know there's some pressure mounting on his shoulders a little bit and he ne- i think he needs a, re- a good result and a good weekend yeah. you know sooner rather than later because if if you're red Bull, if you're christian horner obviously this weekend just gone they got their 100th grand prix victory as a team so they've joined mm-hmm. in a a elite list of of teams you know in the history of the sport if you're christian right now what what are you saying to checo what are you thinking about checo's you know role and involvement in the team because it's not going to be this easy you would have thought for red bull in the coming season so they're going to need to have two strong drivers in my opinion in the next couple of seasons and is checo that man that can can bring the right level for the team yeah, well, if you get the likes of Mercedes and George and Le- uh, Lewis sort of coming into the fore, yes, you you need that backup, and it's always been part of it. Now, is it is it all to blame, Sergio? That's why his performances aren't aren't there. Not it's not all been his fault. There have been certain calls, maybe been a little bit out unlucky as well, which probably has played a part uh, in some of the results that he's had. So it's not all been his fault. Now. No. I think with Red Bull, they're very aware of that as well. But they know his race pace. And this is always the important thing. And it always has been a positive thing with, with Checo. He's always he had it got, in his armoury, hasn't always, he? He's always got a good race pace. Now, that's exactly what you want. Yes, you want them to be on top of the game in, in a qualifying situation. But at the end of the day, if you want someone, and I hate using the word, as being the backup behind Max, um, you know, Checo is a very good backup driver from that point of view because he does race very well he's got a very good race brain is it enough well that's obviously what you know red bull have got to try and decide is there someone better and we've seen many many changes haven't we over the last couple of years and they all they they all haven't worked out because one man dominates that team yeah dominates that team max Verstappen is very much you know set in stone at the top of that team you know he's got everyone you know willing him to to win multiple world championships in a row and at the minute he's doing just that so i can't see that yeah. changing over at red bull um what about ferrari because ferrari for me it was you know a saturday where they didn't listen to their drivers the strat- the strategy in qualifying went completely wrong 
and yeah. they ended up yeah having an absolute shocker as a result in terms of Carlos Sainz getting a penalty for impeding. Not too many races after Charles Leclerc in Monaco got a penalty Indeed. for impeding. So that says a lot to me about you know how the team and the drivers and the, you know the strategists on the pit wall are communicating with each other. It seems like there's a bit of a you know the communication side of things that Ferrari isn't going that well for them at the minute. Getting those impeding penalties are just unnecessary, aren't they? With you totally. know modern day technology and you know being able to see exactly where every driver is on the track if they're on a push lap if they're on a no call, excuses yeah, yeah there no shouldn't excuses. be any excuses for that i think that so the team are aware of that but then on the sunday you know to bring a bit of positivity back into ferrari they actually went different with their strategy and it paid off because they made some yeah. huge amount of places up both carlos and charles yeah again there were there were good signs uh but there are also those negative signs as well the negative signs have been we've been talking about those for the last couple of years haven't we yeah strategy's yeah. always been not up to mm-hmm. the level hasn't it no and and it hasn't sort of moved on from that now i know fred vasseur has come in he's he's going to take time for him it's not something that, that happens overnight because you've got to get the right mindset but the right people in that have the calmness to make the right decision at the right time. And that still seems to be something that's not quite happening. And again, that's 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 something that Fred's got to sort. Uh, yeah. I think it's plain for everybody to see that it's an issue, but it's how you fix the issue. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think it's um, a case where because they've had, you know, strategy decisions that have gone badly over the last sort of, you know, 18 months, couple of years, do yeah. you feel like, for me, it sometimes feels feels like you know they've lost they've lost their confidence in terms of being able to make quick decisions. It always feels like you know they're at, they are on the side of caution, and you know a lot of time in the world of Formula One, that can mean that someone else snaps up that opportunity and you end up sure. losing out. But but Billy, it's when you say the, the other the other team might sort of do a better job on that. Well, they should be on top of this. You know, yeah. we are talking about Ferrari. We are talking about, you know, they can attract the right people to that to that brand uh, that is so, so important to Formula One. Um, but at the present time, for whatever reason, it's not working. And it's been going on for 18 months, like you, like you said, Billy. But as far as how you fix it, that is the hard part. But with with a new boss coming in, Fred Vasseur, repeat myself a little bit, it's down to him. He's got to be able to find those ingredients that move move them away from the pressure of that strategy call. That everybody's sort of going, are they going to do the right thing? Are they going to make another muck up, cock up? Can I say that? <laughs> I've said it. Yes, you said it now. <laughs> yes, but it is. But, but it is that, isn't it? You've, that's an extra pressure going into a race that you don't, you don't want. You want it's to unnecessary have trust. pressure, isn't it? Yeah, you want trust the I, people. The way I look at it is, I think the for me one of the best, you know, uh, engineers for a driver is you know Max Verstappen's engineer. You know, yeah, yeah. you hear him on the radio talking to Max. And even when Max is getting a bit flustered saying, oh, the gear shifts are out of sync or, you know, he literally just puts him, you know, back in the right mindset. Get on with your job, Max. You know, we'll handle it. We're looking at it. This, that, the other. And it always feels yeah. like to me that them two, he compliments, he brings the best out of Max so much. I think he, without, um, you know, without Max having him in his ears on the pit wall, I feel like Max would maybe lose a bit of level in terms of his overall performance in a Grand Prix. 
And when I hear Ferrari's engineers on the radio to the likes of Charles and Carlos, it always feels like, you know, they sort of are not on the same page. They don't bring the best out of each other to a certain extent. It feels like, you know, they're always having to, you know, they're questioning each other's, you know, decisions yeah. and what they're saying all the time. There's a lot of questioning going on and you sit, sit there sometimes and think you're probably almost distracting Carlos and Charles from the job at hand, you know, rather than refocusing them when things aren't going right. It feels like, you know, they, they say we're going to make this decision. The drivers then go, we're not sure about this. And they say something back. And then by the time, you know, you get around to it, like you say, you either delayed the decision lap like they did in qualifying and missed the best of the slick tire or I don't know. Yeah. It, it just feels like I think that's such an important relationship, as you know, Johnny, is the relationship with your engineer. And that's something I feel that at Ferrari, they haven't got the strongest relationship between engineer and driver. Yeah, but it goes back to trust. And I think you've got Bono and Lewis. Facts. Yeah. Exactly the same as, as Another, you're explaining yeah. with Max. It's it's having that trust in your closest ally. And your closest ally is going to be your engineer. But he's then got also have trust in the strategy group as well that some of them sitting on the pit well not many of them but then everybody who's back at the factory as well so the whole trust link is a very very big important part of it and at the moment you always have a feeling that ferraris is just fragmented you just don't the bits are not they're all scattered but you don't know which one to choose because you can't choose because actually they've all got to be one and that is where those decisions, a bit like Red Bull. I was, I personally think Red Bull make the best decisions in strategy, in strategy calls, because it's sometimes it's off the cuff. Yes, they've got all the software and the algorithms and everything else, but sometimes it's done on a feeling. It's looking at what's going on. It's probably having a conversation with Max as well in the car, uh, and they're making those sometimes split decision uh, calls that come to play. I remember Ross Brawn and Michael Schumacher. In the Ferrari heyday, some of the calls they made were so far ahead of everybody else. And it's having that mindset, and I go back to it again, it's having that trust. There doesn't seem to be trust at Ferrari for those calls to come together. When you're up against Red Bull, and I throw um, Mercedes in there, and actually I'd probably throw Aston Martin in there. You know, historically they've done some good calls as well. Yeah, Aston have been called calm collected. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, that's what you're up against. Have you, have you got that Ferrari yet? No, not yet. yet. Not <laughs> yet. No, that, maybe that's why I'm a bit salty with them for their strategy this weekend because I've not received it yet, you know. But, we, you know, you can only hope, mate. You can only hope. You can. Uh, let's take a little short break. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about a certain Williams and, um, yeah, the strong result they had out in Canada. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Right, Johnny. Alex Alban, you know, driver of the day on Sunday, topped Q2 on Saturday. He was in Dreamland this weekend, wasn't he? The Williams team, they really got it together. I would say driver of the weekend. Yeah. Let alone Sunday, driver of the weekend. And he's been doing a good job, a little bit under the radar, a little bit. He's not had points, Johnny, since the first race of the season. Bahrain sure. he came 10th and he got a point, and that's the only points Williams have had all season. So yeah, he's been sure. going under the radar, hasn't he? His performance haven't quite been rewarded by you no. know, points finishes. But what a weekend that was. Yeah, fair, fair, great to see, actually. Great to see. I've always had a soft spot for Williams. Always. Yeah. Ever, ever before I got to Formula One, when I was in Formula One, but I left Formula One, and I've still got that softness there. But it was great to see Alex performing very, very well. You know, he seems to be, it's, it's nice to see, actually, isn't it, that he seems to be really embraced in the situation that he's got at Williams. You know, we had that little chat with down at... Um, at Williams with Jane Vowles and all that positive talk that James was talking about. And there, there is positivity coming out of Williams. You know, there's positivity on the track as well. It's just something that we haven't really had that positivity for a long, long time on the track itself. So the ingredients seem to be really coming together. The stars are hopefully aligning uh, and they will get back to those wonderful sort of, you know, winning ways with a little little bit of luck. I know there's got to be a lot of change to be able to sort of uh, implement uh, to get themselves back up the front. But I think at the end of the day, Alex Elbon, it was just a great, great thing to do. And again, he was racing, was very good as well. That Williams is slippery in a straight it's line, isn't it? It's still very slippery, it's isn't it? very yes. slippery in a straight line. I mean, I was impressed where he had the DRS train forming <laughs> behind him. A lot of drivers, Esteban Ocon was behind him on much fresher tyres. And That's they right. just couldn't get past him. He would just nail his exits, particularly out the hairpin before going into that last cane. Yes. Nailing his exits. Exactly just holding them, holding the gap enough to, you know, to hold. Yeah, he held the gap at the right parts of the track, didn't he, Johnny? Where yeah. he was going to be under threat. Yeah. And again, it was and it, it was something you could visually see coming out, you say, the hairpin, but coming out the, the final chicane, for example. It was a visual thing. You think, actually, that car's not that bad. You know, he's able to pretty much leaned on it on the wall of champions for example but actually he really had um an ability to get the best out of the car and of course that only gives you confidence uh, as a driver then the team are sort of happy with what you're doing so you feel that positivity as well and i think there's a nice sort of little typhoon positive typhoon storm coming that he's feeding everybody yeah, and this is great to see. It's really good to see. I hope it continues with, with a little bit of luck. Yeah, the upgrades they brought, you know, they seem to be working. That was something as well that I think that was positive for Williams because, you know, they're a team, with, you know, that have in previous years had smaller budgets than other than other teams. Obviously, now yeah. the budget cap comes into place that, you know, changes things a little bit. But the fact that they know the work they're doing, you know, behind the scenes in the wind tunnel, you know, making sure their upgrades are actually, you know, going to work on track. It seemed like, you know, that was a positive one. Obviously, Alex was the only driver out of him and Logan to have those upgrades this weekend. Both both cars will have the upgrades next time out. But I think, again, it shows the team's moving in the right direction, doesn't it? Where you bring in upgrades and they're working. Yeah, it you know, it was a track where a slippery car 
is going to bring you, like we saw, some some joy. Yeah. And we're going to Austria, where a slippery car can actually bring you a bit of joy as well. So hopefully that type of circuit will actually, you know, give them a positive result as well, a little bit like we saw in Canada. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of... Yeah, I another Alban train going on in the yes. race. And I'm here for it. Yes, I, so am I. And you know, the lovely thing with this as well, of course, when we had our little chat with James and then even since then, you know, James is very open in saying that a lot of the technology that they've got is like 10 to 20 years sort of out of date. So it just shows there is there how much work that they've got to do. Oh, there's talent in that team still as yes, well. Yes, there you go. Exactly that. And I think that's that good thing. You know, we were talking about Ferrari and all the links all it's sort of all blending together. And there does seem to be a nice positive feel from within within the walls of Williams, which is great to see. And then it's actually spreading onto the track as well. So yeah, so a lot of a lot of positive things. Uh, for Williams, for sure, which is which is great. And finally, as I think it's worth mentioning. Did you uh, see the wobbly wing from Alpine? I mean, <laughs> did, did I see it? It was it was baffling <laughs> to watch, wasn't it? I mean, I really couldn't. I thought it was going to fall off at some point. I I just didn't quite couldn't quite get my head around it. But yeah, what did you make of that whole uh, scenario? Well, I know there was a lot of uh, a lot of sort of banter on the radio. Uh, about sort of yeah that wobbly wig it's going to fall off yeah, it was Lando, it was wasn't Lando. It? I think it was Lando yeah complaining about it so and and I get that from a driver you're seeing this thing not just move sort of 10 mil or so rather it looked like it yeah. was inches <laughs> it was almost the end plates were scraping on the ground <laughs> when it was going through certain corners but um yeah it, I, I'm it's something you didn't see in qualifying no so I would imagine it's it's some sort of failure uh, of some type for sure i'm glad it didn't fall off so right i'm sort of surprised i suppose in some way that there wasn't uh, a flag yeah. a black and white flag to sort of maybe you know bring the car into to have a have a check maybe but i suppose that's where the team would have been relaying to uh, the fia that actually no it's 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 not a problem it's something that we're we're on top of yeah i feel it is an actual uh, it's not a safety risk. No, yeah. it's not a safety risk. So I can, I, so I can understand why they would have fought it uh, to the bitter end. But then you sort of go. On the other hand, you know, it's not meant to do that. Carbon fiber does flex a lot, but it will only flex to a certain degree before it sort of delaminates and then sort of starts breaking up. But it, it didn't do that, thankfully. So, and I'm glad they continued. I suppose Get from that, that point going, of view, but they've got to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, we, yeah, we, it's not something you want to see every race. No, is it? it was a little bit, little bit sketchy to say the least. Predictions, mate. What the predictions we made in Canada? Can you remember your top three? That yes. You said? What was it? I think it was the same, wasn't it? It was the same as. Uh, so I got, I got one and three. You got one and three ish, ish. Okay, I, I don't know if I got it in the right order. Yeah, I got one and three right as well. I got Max and. Uh, and uh, Lewis, but I'd put Charles Leclerc second. So yes, I know. Yes, that's because you're trying to bag that Ferrari car. We all know what you're trying to do, really. Yeah, I mean he was fourth. He's not, you know, it wasn't a million miles off. I wasn't a million miles away. No, no, it wasn't a million miles away. I think I was. I actually, I think I was Max and Lewis. I think wasn't I? I think, if I remember correctly. Anyway, I think I have I'm to gonna... write it down next time. Yeah, we need to write these down because sometimes we do forget them, and we do normally go out there, but. Yeah, I got a feeling. Did you did you not say Fernando Alonso was on there? I don't. It's not written down, so there is um, no proof that I ever yeah, said. I thought that. I was expecting when I brought this up. For some reason, I thought you'd got the podium right. I thought you'd said Lewis, Fernando, and Max. 
So I was willing to give you this, but you know, if you can't remember, maybe we'll have to just write this weekend off. Now, Billy, Billy, you've got to realise, and you have brought it up a couple of times now, I'm getting old. My memory is fading very, very quickly. So you're the only one who should be able to remember what I said. I shouldn't have to remember your top three, mate. I've remembered my top three. You need to help me, Billy. I've got faith in you. I've got faith in you, Johnny. You're not that old, mate. You can remember three drivers' names in an order. I can't. No, it, <laughs> it can't this weekend. We'll send it. We'll send it to the stewards, mate. We'll send it. I'm going to check later. Yeah, and okay. we'll we'll have a yeah we'll have a bit of a debrief and we'll put it on our social channels on who's won the their okay. predictions for this week and <laughs> who came out on top. Uh, I've got a, I've got a sneaky feeling you might have got me on this one, but you know at the minute we're calling it a tie. A yeah, tie at the for moment now. we're calling it that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. if your memory serves you correct, because my memory doesn't serve me correct at all, then uh, uh, good on me. Good on you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just uh, slip the stewards a little sneaky fiver and, uh, yeah, it will definitely not be going your way. Oh, that used to work in the good old days, Billy. Not anymore. <laughs> is that why you're all out of fivers? <laughs> yeah. Well, cash was king. Cash is not king anymore. Cash is king. <laughs> it was king. It's not anymore. <laughs> Unfortunately. It's just a little tap of the card nowadays. Yeah, indeed, yeah. <laughs> over, overall, I have to say, uh, thoroughly enjoyed what we saw on track. And I think it shows that there was a nice little twist, hopefully, developing uh, as well yeah i feel i feel like we're getting to a slight crossover point in the season now where you know we're we're, we're not quite halfway in but you know we're building some momentum into the season now the other teams seem to be getting a little bit closer weekend by weekend to yeah. red bull you know i'm not saying that they're going to start beating them regularly you know but I'm, I'm hopeful now that there's a chance red bull won't win every race this season as you know as impressive as that would be if you were red bull for a, from a fan's point of view, you want to see other people being able to contend for the victory. So hopefully in the next few races, we'll get just that. Yeah, I hope so. And again, Austria coming our way, you know, it's only a short little circuit. It's going to be mighty close. It is called the Red Bull Ring, though. That's the one. Okay, the Red Bull Ring. See, it's my memory. See, that's my memory going again. You the see? Red Bull Ring. It's that age thing. Yeah. The Red Bull Ring. That's not really filling me with confidence. They're normally pretty good there, aren't they? Well, they are good, but it's mighty close. When we're in qualifying... It is mighty, mighty, mighty close. So let's hope that's going to happen uh, in qualifying. And then that hopefully that will sort of, you know, feed through to, to the race itself. And maybe, maybe someone will be able to have a child. We know strategy can really come into, a, into effect in the Red Bull ring. So we will we'll see. But looking forward to it because I think there are going to be a nice little mix up even behind Max. We've got a race on our hands, even with sort of the Aston Martin and, and the Mercedes. And then after that, you know, with the Ferraris, with uh, the Williams, hopefully, uh, and with uh, the Alpines uh, as well. Yeah, it should be a, a good race. Uh, we've got a special podcast coming for you later on in the week. So hopefully you will enjoy that one. We certainly enjoyed yes. going to film that one. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. And, yeah, that's our Canada review. I hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll catch you on the next one. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Take care, guys. Goodbye. Cheers. This has been a Soapbox London and SBX Studios production. Our executive producers were Rowan Wilkinson and Andy Bell. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.